Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, I'm Jack Ricks, and today we're back to a full complement. We got the team back together. We've got in the studio Ollie Marriage and Ollie Q and Rowan Horncastle and myself, and then coming live through the laptop, we have Tom Ford because today we're going to be talking about that feature that was just too big to be bundled in with all the other stuff that's in the issue. So we're talking about issue 375 here. It's the cover story. It's the fact that we've got together the new um, fully electric SUV, the Lotus Electra, with the default large electric SUV, which is the Tesla Model X. Um, And we're going to tell you, yeah, what we think about those cars, how the story came together, and how we've been a bit naughty um, so we'll we'll try and navigate our way through that. Yeah, um, but, uh, potentially a sore ass coming because dear <laughs> reader, we're, we're we're recording this before Lotus know what we've done um, yeah. because they didn't know that we. By the took time a Tesla to they Norway. listen to this, everything will be smoothed over. Everyone will be friends, and everyone. Can, you, can I just point out for one second that nobody apart from me is going to get it in the neck? <laughs> You've set me up. To actually get everyone's ire directed my way. And you're like, oh, it's going to be terrible when they ring Wookie. Exactly. And we figured out earlier that, um, unfortunately, just at the time where we need to alert Lotus what we've done, I'm going to be on holiday. It's, um, <laughs> you know... So it's terrible timing on no my behalf. No phone signal where you're going, are no, Definitely <laughs> not. No. The and, phone will be lobbed in the sea. And marriage is off to go see them face to face to drive yeah, the new Amira too. So yeah, um, yeah <laughs> <hit> both <laughs> barrels. Before we get into it, why don't we go around and just what, what are people's impressions of the Lotus Electra? Because it's such an enormous leap for Lotus. I know, Ollie, you got skin in the game. Lotus is, you know, something yeah, close I to do, your heart. Yeah, I do. I, I, I have an Elise, so an original Series 1. So it really ought to be the absolute bane of my life. But actually, I sort of see it as an inevitability. Mm. They sort of, it was, once someone was coming in to make Lotus a proper sports car company and give them a load of money, the first thing they were going to do is the thing that was going to make them yeah. money. There are two types of sports car companies, aren't there? Those are the sports car companies that say, we will never build an SUV. And there are the sports car companies that make money. That's basically McLaren um, until recently when they said, well, we might. Yeah, they've got the guy from Ferrari <laughs> who did the Pura Sangue and now they're going to do their own. And I think it's the same thing with Lotus. The thing is, it's this is where you get into the whole DNA argument. Is it a Lotus if it was kind of designed and engineered halfway around the world and uses mainly Geely Chinese components? It's built in China. We should say that up front. It's Not in, in Norfolk. In no. Wuhan. In Wuhan. Famous. What's that famous for? That Second best thing to come out of Wuhan out of... No, that's not going to The last few years. No, but I, I'm super conflicted by it. I completely understand the business sense. And if you had Porsche, if they hadn't done the KN, would we had all the other bits and the, the GT department's taken off. And then... Um, but yeah, if it didn't have a Lotus badge, would we even care about it? Because there's so many big Chinese fast cars coming. Um, completely. Yeah. And I also... Am I the only person who had to read Wookiee's feature to realise that it's called the Electra? not the Electra. I thought, oh, electric oh, SUV. You? I thought it had a C in it, but it turns out it's the Electra. There's something makes a bit it sound French like a kind of, Yeah, it's a bit of a French <laughs> posh yeah. restaurant or something that I can't afford to go to. Welcome Electra. to Electra. Yeah. Well, you just, no, that, you just need to get your eyes tested if you miss the C in it. The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please stop him briefing things. Have you changed it all back to Electra? Electra, when you've subbed it? So, it's, 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 
the, the Chinese manufacturers are really ramping up at the moment. They're all coming over to Europe and the UK. And you're right. And one of the things that they're going to make lots of are large battery-powered SUVs. They're very good at electronics. Um, and it won't be long before they're, they're really good. So this is a Chinese-built SUV that is electric, but it has a Lotus badge on the front. And does that make it better or worse you know this is it's a real conundrum that you work had to grapple with um when you went out to norway what were you what were your thoughts on the car before you got your hands on it i hated the idea <laughs> <laughs> i genuinely hated the idea and you know what disappointed me the most when i was looking at the specs of it before i went i hoped it would be in context a lighter big electric suv so i hoped it'd be a couple of hundred kilos lighter somehow than other cars of a similar type, and it's not. So it starts at two and a half, it's basically two and a half tons and up. And I thought if they could get that down to 2,200 2, kilos, you know, just give it a little bit of a thing to grab hold of. I just wondered how you, exactly like you guys have just said, how, how you define a Lotus, because it's not built in Hethel, it's not built in the UK, it's engineered in Germany and it's built in Wuhan in China. And it's electric, it's four-wheel drive. It, all of them are two-motor. So it's like, what, what is it? Is it a Lotus? And, and then you start, everyone goes, oh, well, think about the KN. But that was built by Porsche in Germany. Also, it, it has me worried for the future of Lotus too, because they go, oh, well, this one works. And will it actually provide more sports cars? Or will they just go, oh, we should do a saloon version of this, or we should do that, oh, and it actually but... turns into different brands? Well, that's what's coming. So there's a smaller SUV and a saloon and, um, a, yes, a two-seat sports car, and they're all going to be electric. But how Lotus-y they are is the big question. And that was what I was trying to work out going to drive the Electra, was how Lotus-y is this thing that isn't at all like any Lotus we've ever had before. There was a four-wheel drive Lotus at one point, there wasn't there. There was a competition car that was four-wheel drive. Oh, that's quite But weird. it was a special. Oh, you did your Not research before you went. Four-wheel drive Lotus. Oh, yeah. hello, hello. Um, <laughs> technically, I think you'll find. Hmm. Um, no, so no, it's it's a it's a confusing one. Um, but yeah, as I say, um, there's lots of stories now of of cars that um, beardy people or purists or car journalists have got upset about, and then they've gone on to financially prop up a company which continues to produce lots and lots of great cars that that we love and we get to drive and enthusiasts get to uh, get excited about so let's you know in a in an ideal situation that's what the Electra is it's lotus's moment where f for once they become financially sustainable um and they can keep producing you know lovely lightweight sports cars even if in the future they happen to be electric because that's a big challenge can they do this two-seater sports car um, can it be light? Can it be nimble? Can it be low? Can they do it before Porsche does the electric Boxster? Yeah. Well, that's coming very soon, isn't it? That's coming in a couple of years. Mm. With their batteries heaped into the middle, so apparently it will feel mid-engines, which is kind of a weird thing, isn't it? How all the batteries you mean it'll Load, it'll, <laughs> yeah. just, it'll, it'll have a big polar moment of inertia and Ollie will like it and I won't <laughs> <laughs> but the insurers will like it that you, you've driven it so it's fine so should we explain why it's a bit naughty that we've got a Tesla and this Lotus together because you'd assume that's what we do all the time you know we get cars together and then we book in like the big rival and we set up a head to head so yeah work do you want to tell everyone why it was a little bit frowned upon to do that this time 
Can I say that it's nothing to do with me? I, uh, I didn't know anything about it. I'd just like to say that up front. Um, the big thing is these people spend a lot of money making these cars and they want them to be assessed and talked about on their own, at least initially. So when they have a launch in Norway, they think they've gone far enough away to stop people doing group tests, so stop people turning up with competitors. And then Jack said, it's funny that because two staff members from Top Gear are going on holiday in Norway <laughs> on the two days that you're there. No, in fact, it wasn't two days. It was like 18. They're going for an 18-hour holiday mm, in Oslo. Isn't that amazing? And I said, Jack, what have they got for a hire car? And he said, it's funny you should mention that <laughs> because it's a Tesla Model X Plaid and it's got a 1,020 horsepower. <laughs> and I went, oh, no. I'll pop over for a coffee. So mean while trying to do a big feature on the Elettra, we also happened upon a bright red Model X that was brand new plaid, so it's the really powerful one, and then had to do a, a test with that, drive that and the Elettra and the Elettra R, because there's three different versions, one is more powerful than the other, and shoot it all. So it wasn't the easiest of days. And you had to do all of that without being spotted by anyone from Lotus, who would have presumably hoiked you out of the bright yellow lecture and lobbed you into one of the fjords nearby. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's a little game of cat and mouse, really, which involves trying to work out where they're going and going the opposite direction. Completely the opposite direction, but while still finding a nice road. And of course, on a launch, they've picked all the best roads to do the launch on. So it was a little bit of driving. And don't forget, they're all electric, so you've got to make sure you can charge them. And there's a little bit of logistics that goes on. But to be honest, it worked. So we turned up, and there were a couple of people from Top Gear with um, a Model X. On holiday. And on holiday. They were having a lovely weekend away. And um, and then we did, a, we did a proper test, and it was really enlightening. It really was enlightening. But if you think about it, everybody compares things to Teslas, don't they? It's the immediate thing you compare it to. That car is, what, seven or eight years old now, the Model X? And we still get a Tesla and use it as the benchmark. So it's incredible that we're still talking about Tesla when their cars are relatively old. What other car but that came out in, like, 2015 would we immediately book in to test against a brand-new model there's, there's so few of them so few cars last that long these days because the march of technology is so fast where a tesla are gone ah we're way ahead on the battery and the efficiency in the motor game we'll stick a new touchscreen in it and we'll keep it on sale and they do uh, the update without telling anybody that's the interesting thing that model x was very very different to the ones that i drove when they came out so they they are upgrading and updating but this weird stuff like that model x is more aerodynamic than the elettra Weird. Yeah, the Teslas it, are always super aero. So but yeah, it doesn't look it, does it? It looks like a block of flats that fell over. Yeah. <laughs> and then got they got in a stream and got smoothed over. It's a big bulky thing. Yeah, and it's heavy, but it still does naught to sixty in two point six seconds or something. Uh it depends. One foot rollout and then you have to work out one foot rollout American drag times. It's I think it's still faster. But they there's some very carefully worded stuff in the Elettra press pack. So it's kind of, it, it says it's the fastest dual motor electric SUV because the Tesla Plaid is tri-motor. It's got two motors at the back, one at the front. So if you, when they say world's fastest, read the fine print. 
But is the oh, so the Electra R is a two is a dual motor, not a triple motor. It hasn't got a it's, double on the back. It's a dual motor. Okay. So the the Electra and the Electra S have the same front and rear motors to give them four wheel drive, about six hundred and four horsepower. The R has a much bigger rear motor, same front motor as the S, and a two-speed gearbox on the back axle. So that's how it gets this really, really aggressive acceleration. But it's still only dual motor where the Plaid is technically three. So it's true to say that the Elettra is the world's fastest dual motor SUV, but you miss out the dual motor part, it's the Tesla. And working, I'm I'm right that the... um, in the pictures, the, the car that's on the cover of the mag, that's a, a bright yellow Electra S. That's and an S. So that's, that's an S. And it still was better than the Model X. Ah. Hate to say it. Yeah. Uh, or have I just spoiled the ending? No, well, no, 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 let's, no, get, no, let's get, get into it. Let's get Come on, Come yeah. on we've, 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 we've tickled everyone enough. Let's tell them whether the Electra's any good. I just, the, just before that, though, I just wanted to say, sometimes with twin tests, it's about positioning cars that people are just going to sort of cross shop across across because they look nice next to each other i think this is a really important one because um we were talking for ages about what makes a lotus a lotus what's going to make this car a success what's going to make you buy one over a, a million other electric suvs um and putting it next to the tesla which we all know is rapid in a straight line um it's a really important handling test but also you'll see in the mag we do a big spread where we compare the interiors and all the gadgets and stuff because ultimately that's um that's a big part of these cars yeah hang hasn't on, just, been part of lotuses in the past well i was gonna say yeah pause the drive-in sort of showdown for a second ollie you own a lotus i used to own a lotus we both bought them in spite of their interiors not because of them <laughs> so look if people are going to spend six figures on a big luxury family suv does it still smell of glue and you know does the radio come off in your hand you might as well be a different company which basically it is, though, isn't it? <laughs> this is very tech-heavy Lotus. So you two would be... You just wouldn't recognise it. If you if someone said it was a Lotus before you got in it, you might, you'd be stunned. I thought it looked really chintzy in the pictures on the inside. I thought it looked a bit OTT. Actually sitting in it for two days and using it, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. And it's very nice materials, nicely put together. The whole thing works. It's got a shed load of um, ADAS, Advanced Driver Assistance. It maps. It's got LiDAR, which interestingly Tesla got rid of. Um, or wouldn't put on the their stuff. It's got light. It's got thirty two, thirty six cameras. You know, it's a serious bit of kit. It can do level four, but yeah. lawyers don't let you do level four. Not here. Um, but you can do the cruise. The adaptive cruise control thing is bonkers. Wookie, you it's may just need really, to explain really level four car. because that could be Play-Doh skill or something <laughs> else for our readers who don't know what level four is. Oh, it's the it's the grades of how autonomous your car can be. So level one would be basic cruise control. Level two would be adaptive cruise and lane change. Nothing really goes past level two at the moment. Level four would be you get in it, you don't have to touch the wheel. And it just drives you where you want to go. Um, but nothing's level four because they can't work out who's to blame if it crashes. I can't believe we're talking about a self-driving Lotus. Lotus. <laughs> like, do you remember <laughs> when they watched the Emira and ah! their, their slogan, their hashtag was for the drivers. Yeah. And now it's... 
not for the drivers. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. For not driving. It's crazy to get in it and think it's a Lotus. So you kind of look at the badge and you get this weird cognitive dissonance that it's, it's a good, it's a really good electric SUV. But is it a Lotus? You still have that kind of question in your mind when you're driving it because you're looking at this big screen, you're looking at the 25 inch head up display that's projected, giving you all this information, thinking, I remember driving Exiges, and the most notable thing about them is that they break your spine getting into them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they, 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 this is not what Lotus is about. This isn't Lotus's, you know, everyone was like, oh, Colin Chapman said, you know, simplify and add lightness. And, and, uh, uh, and it was like, oh, God, internet, shut up. <laughs> Just try and assess a car and see what the point is, you know, don't get hung up on it. You know, if you shouted at everybody every time they made a car that wasn't what they were supposed to make, it, the, the world would grind to a halt. No because they're saying it's yeah. well, they're angry because it's not an exige. No, but there needs to be an element of branding. This is branding, isn't it? It's like what you know a brand for and what it does. And the engineering and driving is a huge part of Lotus. Does this play into that at all or is it completely elsewhere is are there lotus elements that you can feel and see you you is steering for me so all the electric big big powerful electric suvs that i've driven i think i've probably driven all of them they struggle with any kind of connection to what's happening at the wheel and the wheels so that relationship between feel suspension and steering is really difficult in a car that weighs more than two and a half tons and has four-wheel drive and has a very linear and aggressive torque delivery. So if you, for example, if you drive the Tesla, it's like a muscle car. There's a hell of a lot of power and torque and it's extremely accelerative, but there are, your connection to what the grip is doing and how you're going around a corner is quite relaxed. So they're extremely good at drag races, but you if you tip it into a corner, you get all this weight and you get all this power. So you end up doing, someone described it like doing a 50p around a corner. So you put in three inputs to make sure the car stays steady all the way around the corner. And then when you see the exit, you just plant it and it'll go. The Lotus is still heavy, but doesn't feel heavy. And the steering is one movement. And that's the biggest difference. It's one turn into a corner and it will track and it feels more analog. Now, it's not analog. There's a lot of electronics doing stuff. It's got rear wheel steer. It's got this torque vectoring by braking, all this kind of stuff. But it feels more natural. And the, can you remember like driving? The last one I think I drove was Navora down a really bumpy road. And it just sat nicely, even though the road's really bumpy. That's what the the lotus part of the electra is that's good to hear it's, it's subtlety riding it's steering something. yeah we'll Ele- take some of that the tesla has no subtlety yeah but it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> so they've brought that in in the lotus good for lotus well done but also lotus like did they forget to give it a boot has it got any rear leg room did they kind of get so hung up on oh it's got to have some good handling that they forgot the family car element or you know you're a family no, man it's, it's you- a big suv it's longer than the tesla Oh wow! If you if you actually look at it, it's wider and longer than the Tesla Model X. It's a four or five seat. You get a slightly smaller boot if you have four seats, which confuses me. Um, 
But the uh, it's got a decent boot. It's not enormous for that class of car, but it's got a decent boot, seating for five. It does all the practical stuff, but that's the bit that makes me think, actually, it's not a Lotus because it's too... Too it's useful. too rounded in a way. It's too too useful. Um, th- there's a couple of things that I didn't like. I like when that if you launch the R, the two speed box thumps. You feel it change gear. Have you ever had it in a Taycan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I remember that. It'll whack. Um, and I, I kind of there's a lot of things about it that it took me a while to think about. Do you get what I mean? I had to sit and think about this car quite a lot. I really like it as an electric SUV. I think I'd have it over a Model X because the Model X is a one-trick pony, really. It's just... I mean, it's so fast in a straight line. From the from the line, it is killer. Um, but I just think if you if you even vaguely care about driving, then the, the Lotus has something. And it feels like it's somebody's butt dino have you ever heard of butt dinos <laughs> no, i don't want to go to your search history <laughs> it just it's basically that thing of um somebody set it up for, with human feeling so somebody's gone out and driven it and tuned it to just be a little bit more connected rather than going these are the optimal parameters on the computer so we're going to leave them as they are somebody's actually worked it out and i think for me it's about the steering like like Tesla's maybe designed by an AI algorithm because that the computer says this is the best way to get the most grip, for example. And it's perfect. Yeah. But the problem with perfection is it's hard to it's hard to sort of align yourself with it as a human. You need more connection as a human being to get the most out of an experience. And I'm I'm not sure the Teslas are very good at that. But the Tesla has mad doors. It has mad upwards opening it doors does. that probably break every five minutes. And, True, oh, but yeah. it's just it is it is a meme. I preferred the interior of the Lotus as well, even though the Tesla's really good. The Lotus was just a nicer interior because the the this is now this is the weird bit. The Tesla was more pared back. Ooh. Yes, the yeah, Tesla's more be. stripped out than the Lotus. Yeah. Yes. Everything's in one screen. Yes. The Tesla it's also weird. has actual wing mirrors. Whereas the Lotus has cameras. They What's were, going they, on? They're fine. They're fine, but I don't think they're better. I'm also interested to see that the Tesla has gone back to having a proper steering wheel. Because they did this... Oh, no, it's, it's an, an option. option, isn't it? Yeah, this yeah. this experimentation with the yoke. Interesting that the one they sent to battle the big new Lotus didn't have the yoke. No, that's down to the hire It was hire wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah silly get, me. Get what you're given at the um, Hertz yeah. or other <laughs> rental companies are available. We use six to uh, desk, yeah. But I, I, look, I do have a question because, you know, if it's not a Lotus, is there another badge from another manufacturer which would suit this car more? Should it? What manufacturer does it remind you of or do you think... Porsche. Should be wearing instead. Oh, oh really? high praise. Yeah, yeah. Not Volvo or Polestar or anyone else from that same branch. Porsche. So again, you know how you get hold of a even like even a nine eleven or a, a one of the faster KNs. You know how that steering is straight off the middle. Yeah, yeah. That's Very what accurate. it feels like. Yeah. So when I was driving it, I said to the photographer, "It feels like a Porsche." Yeah. So we're gonna have and to do this just test weird. again. When Porsche do an electric electric KM, Cayenne's which coming is, in twenty twenty six, I think. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So your focus changes when you drive this stuff because you haven't got the the character of an engine or a gearbox or a 
you haven't got those really visceral things to concentrate on. So you start looking at how does the braking work? How does the steering feel? What's it like halfway around a corner when there's a big bump? You actually start to change the way you assess them because the drivetrain's a bit bloody boring. And how does the how like does going the fast is easy? How does the braking work? Because obviously there's there's a pedal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah, you press I've never really discovered it. I just I just use the one on the right. It's much <laughs> more much more fun. Um, no, because they they're obviously every electric car is is trying to bleed regen into actual mm. friction. Um, and with varying levels of success, really. It's not the best. So they, But it felt like it was something they could tweak out of it. So it feels like the top 10% of the brake pedal is a bit grabby. And I think it's because they've not quite got the bleed with the regen off the brake pedal and the friction brake together. Once you, If you're standing on the brakes going into a corner, it's fine because you want that aggressive retardation. But... If you're messing about in traffic or you just... It was a good word, Jack. It was a good word. If you if you are messing about in traffic or you're just gently coming onto the brakes, they can grab a bit, which is a bit annoying because don't forget, you potentially have people in that car. So you forgive stuff like that on a sports car, not so much on a family SUV. So And again, you're changing how you assess a Lotus. Yeah. Has it got driving modes? Have you got sports yeah. and sport plus and all that sort of malarkey? Yeah, and the, the R's got an extra one called track. Um, that's how you because the R and the rest of them are exactly the same. They, they can't tell the difference. I yeah, mean, what, what is the difference between a wheel, base one but, and an S? Because if they're the same power, they're the same power, they've got different trim levels. So it's Electra and Electra S are the same mechanically, but they've got trim level, different trim levels. And the R is the only one that's more powerful, but that's 904 brake horsepower. Yeah, and what's, and what's the price spread between them? Yeah, sort of 85 grand to 120. Yeah. The 85 grand one is made of fiberglass and it's got no floor mats. It's just, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. entry level. That's the Lotus. Yeah. The Hethel edition. <laughs> they're building up to that one. And they're going to build it in Hethel with like none of the tooling. Just, just have a go. <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't it be funny if they could make it 1,800 kilos? Don't forget, these, these cars have a 112 kilowatt hour battery. So that's what, 650, 700 kilos? So whatever it's swallowing, if you ate 650 kilos of anything, <laughs> you'd be a bit fat. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like Christmas. What, to me. what I'm a bit, I suppose, I'm a bit of upset about is they haven't done any sort of nod towards lightweighting at all in it. I know no one would have bought one, but if they had done an entry level edition that was more pared back, I know it's the engineering cost. They they can only develop these things once and not um, a dozen times. But well, when you go to Hethel next week or whenever it is, pop it in the suggestion box. They'll have a little <laughs> just in yeah, just write there. it on a bit of paper and pop it in, you know, but, lightweight electric edition. They have a sign outside Hethel that says like days since last bankruptcy. <laughs> and then you can just there's a letterbox next to it and you can go like, oh I think we should do one that's a ton. And it's made of fiberglass and carbon fibre. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the entire vehicle weighs 250 kilos and, it, and it's a battery. <laughs> It's just, just be a seat. While you guys were discussing the finer points of brake feel, I had a quick um, look on the internet of big selling Lotuses before. Because we're expecting the Electra to be, you know, to do the heavy lifting for this company to sell some units. The Esprit, in 28 years, they made 10,500 of them. In 28 years? Yeah, in 28 years. And the Elise, which was on sale since like the Bronze Age, mm. 35,000 cars. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, imagine how many. You know, how long it takes a BMW to sell 35,000 iXs or like you say, Tesla to sell 35,000 Model Ys. Think about their markets, though. So this car, 
the two biggest markets are North America and China. Yeah. So that's where the volume's coming from. And and it's a car that in the, uh, this point is the right car. It's an electric SUV. They're the cars that sell. So it's a practical car for the brand, but they, they aren't selling 10,000. <laughs> they're well, going gonna to be selling a lot. They need to. Uh, they sold uh, 576 cars last year. Oh, there was that mad stat that, about yeah, yeah, yeah. small loss. Yeah, no, yeah. was it 141 million, million they lost? Mm, so yeah. each car basically cost but 245 grand. As we're aware, as a loss. wow, there were some production issues around Amira. But that's the big question here: is uh, are they isolating actual Lotus fans completely, or you know, do you think they'll people who've always had Lotus will buy this one? But does that matter? Are they just going to bring in a completely new audience, uh, and then Lotus will? keep thriving because i was at the british gp and they had two in the paddock or just outside and everyone was looking at them from the general public which mm. i just thought was interesting they, they so need the all... avaya out there as soon as possible to just sort of give you that halfway house between what electric and sports at the yes, same time yeah, that's so that's is that real yeah. is that actually going to be because re- i was trying to like people saying oh yeah yeah it's, yeah, yeah it's yeah. great well, i've never seen ja- one. jack's driven it i've had a ride in it but it, they were both very much prototypes at the time so yes i was going to say we know. That you you lot having a ride in one yeah yeah, like, yeah exactly you've, dri- you've driven unicorns <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a car no. they're only making 135 units of it does seem to be taking its sweet time sweet time although i did find out the other because because originally it had something like a 70 75 kilowatt hour battery this is the avaya now to make it light um to make it light which i quite liked that that how much you know how much battery do you need people aren't going to be going grand touring in their avayas better to take out 100 or 200 kilograms um what i found out the other day is that they've actually switched battery suppliers and it's now up to about 90 kilowatt hours or something the battery that may be within the same space it's taken so long the battery technology yeah. has moved on and you could get more energy density out of it who knows but um but yeah it's it it seems like whatever the original spec was has been evolving suppliers have been changing and they are apparently work almost ready to let us have a go but would um, you guys do you guys when you having not driven it do you guys feel reassured that it feels it feels more interesting to drive or do you still think it's not a lotus it's a kind of commercial conscious decision yeah i'm a bit salty still i think it's going to take me quite a lot to get <laughs> to get my know, head around there's it one thing we like haven't it. talked about here which is the way it looks and you know if you're gonna if you're gonna walk past all these other slightly more sensible electric suvs and buy yourself a lotus it's got to handle a bit like a Lotus, which we've covered, but also it needs to look exciting. Um, and they've obviously tried quite hard to make the back and the front look aggressive and interesting, but there's a lot of car in the middle. <laughs> there's a lot of wheelbase. As you say, it's a long car. It sort of gets a bit dumpy and bland around so the, here's, in, in here's profile. The thing. Get the yellow one, put it in front of you, and then colour in all the black bits yellow. And suddenly it's an Urus. It looks like there's another car printed on the side of a car. <laughs> I remember going to the reveal event for it and the designer, there was like a word bingo competition for porosity. That was what, which basically means it's got lots of holes, holes in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it it's has. this massive brick they need to push through the air as efficiently as possible. So by punching loads of holes in it, that, you know, makes it aerodynamic, makes it look cool. And yeah, as, as you proved... Uh, well, a little bit, yeah. And as Wook <laughs> seems to have proved with a slightly incriminating photo that's in the magazine, you can pretty much put your entire arm 
inside the car, which makes you look like <laughs> you look like a vet doing a bit of a farmyard procedure there, mate. It's exactly what it felt like, so. Oliver. It's exactly what it felt like. But it, and it's got some nice detail on it. Like the grill is um, there's like eight little petals, like dihedral petals that all fold in and out. And you switch the car off and walk around the front just to quickly have a look because they all close up. That's it's really, be, really pretty. It's going to be great when that fills but, up with leaves in the middle of winter, isn't it? And it just goes, flies. <laughs> but yeah, fly no, no, it won't work in, uh, within seconds of coming to England. It, but there's, I don't think it's pretty, but I don't think you can make a great big SUV pretty. I think they can look interesting. I don't think that they're pretty cars. I don't think you'd look at it and go, oh, that's, that's pretty. I think it looks Chinese. Yeah, in a lot of ways, but then I think the Amira does. Do you? I see the the one thing with the Electra for me is it doesn't the the Amira and the Avaya at least have a really quite strong family connection, and this doesn't really have much of a anything Lotus about it at all. Possibly just the shape of the headlights, but that is quite a lot of also Lamborghini those vents on those in, the, as well. in the in the bonnet are the only the link badge, you yeah. see the badge on the front. Yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah, a lot of people said, <laughs> "Yeah, you can put that." A on lot of bag. people just went, "Oh, it looks like it. I thought it was a Lamborghini." This is why the fact that none of us can seem to come to any kind of consensus on how it looks or do we like the idea of it or what do we think of the interior. It's like this is a, one of those stories where, yeah, go and pick up a copy of the mag and have a look and kind of pick a size because it is, I think this is probably one of the most divisive cars of the year. Yeah, and I think... I that- liked it more having driven it. That's all I'm going to say. I liked it. Having sat in it, played with it, messed around with it, I was absolutely more convinced well, I think we'll all have to agree to be slightly um, what in disagreement about this Wrong. car, confused <laughs> about this car. We all need to have a go in this car. I think everyone that's listening out there, you're probably split down the middle as well, whether you're interested in it or, you know, you couldn't. Well, I can hear the Tesla forums like sharpening their pick, pitchforks <laughs> right now, ready for this big battle well, that's going to happen on the internet. The one conclusive thing from this conversation is that a Lotus Electra is better than a Tesla Model X, which is um, good because they've actually stopped selling the Model X in the UK recently, haven't they? They have. They yeah. have. You can get a used version, so, you know... The, you can the, get a left-hand drive. Oh, can you? Yep. Yeah, left-hand drive only. You can't buy right-hand drive. But they'll ch- the problem is they'll change their mind by the time this podcast comes out. Well, That's as soon Tesla as that do. stock excess goes out, suddenly we'll be able to buy right-hand drives again, I guarantee. Central driving position Tesla coming yeah. this summer. <laughs> Ten grand off. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Work, for joining and clearing all that up. Um, Glad uh, you had a nice holiday, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't stressful at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Lotus, if you're listening, don't worry. We will, have, we will have had a phone call before you listen to this incriminating podcast. Um, and we're, oh, never, we're not driving all the latest ones to come <laughs> out of the half. <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, that so. conversation we just had about the Avaya. That's as close as we're getting to it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. One thing I forgot to say was, I think the Electra S is probably the better car.